Welcome to the Hybrid Real Estate Professional Podcast, where we dive deep into the intersection of career, family, and finances. Learn the mindsets, tips, and strategies to help you on your personal journey to build a life of abundance and purpose for you and your family. Now here's your host, Aaron Amin. Welcome back to another episode of the Hybrid Real Estate Professional Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Megan Pagnata, a true hybrid real estate professional if there ever was one. Megan works as a consultant at a large tech company by day, but that's only the beginning of her story. She and a partner run their own design business. She's a mother of two young kids, and she's currently on the hunt to buy her own boutique hotel. This interview is wide ranging, but we get into the struggles of being a parent of young children, creating a vision around a lifestyle, and how to find clarity as a high performer. Megan's approach to building her dream life resonated with me so much, and I am sure it will with you too. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the Hybrid Real Estate Professional Podcast. Today, I'm here with a very special guest, Megan Pagnana. Megan and I are in a mastermind together, and um, Megan and I bonded over our journey as parents, investors, consultants, and many other commonalities. Uh, and I recognize that she is a true hybrid professional herself, so I had to have her on the show. Megan, can you uh, introduce yourself to our audience in your own words. Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on here. This is definitely out of my comfort zone a little bit, but this is what it's all about. So just, I wanted to start off by saying thanks. So a little bit about me. I am currently living in Denver, Colorado with my husband, Mike, and my two little kids. I have a two and a half year old son named Colton and a nine month old daughter, Emmy. We also have two dogs and I work for a big tech company. I also, most of my career has been in management consulting. I'm an internal consultant for this job, but yeah, I'd say most of my career is in management consulting. I also own a design firm that I am actively working on and I am just starting my pursuit of buying my own hotel, which I'm at the very beginning of that journey. Yeah. And I'm really passionate about travel, which kind of lends to our design firm as well as the hotel buying. And I am really passionate about philanthropy. I've got a couple of organizations that I want, when time allows, I try to be really involved with. So a little bit about me. You've got quite a few things going on and uh, I want to get into a little bit of each of them. Uh, Let's start with kind of your career journey. So you worked in, you worked internal consulting for a big tech company. And prior, I think you said you worked at a different management consulting firm. So what was the background and how did you get into that line of work? I got into it really randomly. I actually graduated college and wasn't sure what I wanted to do with myself. So I just worked as an admin for a company. And the person I reported into, he ended up moving to Australia to work for Deloitte doing strategy and operations consulting. I had previously lived in Australia in high school and, and absolutely loved it. And I just developed a really strong relationship with him. And he moved to work for Deloitte and just called me up one day and said, do you want to come work for me? So went through the interview process, which is not easy when I could not really <laughs> catch some of the Australian accents and what they were asking me. So I'm actually shocked I got the job, but it was... <laughs> uh, by far one of the hardest experiences of my life, but 
it was really rewarding. And I attribute a lot of that job and my success now from the skills that I gained from that. And it allowed me to travel the world, which I think I can never complain about. So I worked there. I ended up doing a little bit of independent consulting for myself in Australia for a while, which was fantastic. And then I missed being here in Colorado. So moved back here and just, yeah, I've worked for some unique firms and, but it's all been consulting related. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've had an accidental entrance into the industry, but then you were able to demonstrate some competence, develop some skills and, and turn it into an entire career path. And so you mentioned that there were some skills that really served you well. What are some of those skills and, and how have you mapped those to other areas of your life? I think a big one is how to really understand what problem you're trying to solve. A lot of times we think a surface solution is going to work, but using data to understand, okay, what is the actual problem that I'm here to solve? But then the challenge of that is how do I then communicate that problem and my recommended solution? So it's a lot of storytelling and trying to bring your client along this journey with you to understand why you recommend it, what you're recommending, which is an art. So I think really learning how to problem solve is huge. The analytics, I did strategy and operations, so heavy on data analytics, qualitative, quantitative. But I would say probably the biggest, I wouldn't even say it's a skill set maybe, but the biggest lesson I learned and I still apply, especially to my design firm, as well as what I intend to use for the hotels is understanding what your customer actually wants. I don't think a lot of organizations, big or small, do a great job of getting to intimately know their customer and know what it is that they're looking to achieve. And if you don't know that, you're not really going to be successful. So I think that a lot of times consulting firms, you're brought in to provide a recommendation, but not implement. And I've kept close relationships with a lot of clients. And it's nice hearing back that when you take that approach, the implementation is a lot more successful. So I think the biggest thing is doing the, the legwork to understand who your customer is and what problem you're trying to solve for them. I love that. Yeah. So the analytics are the flashy part. The strategy is the big buzzword, but really it boils down to just like understanding the problem, yeah. listening, putting together, observing, yeah. probably less talking, more asking. And, and then of course, putting together a thoughtful recommendation yeah. for what you think the problem is. Yeah. And then for, to your point, like that maps over to a service-based business where you have to really start to understand what your customers want. So you obviously have the entrepreneurial itch, right? You started a business, you're now looking to expand and, and buy a boutique hotel. That stuff doesn't happen to someone who doesn't have that internal entrepreneurial drive. So where did that come from? And has that always been with you? I don't know. I, I don't really have any entrepreneurs in my family or my community, which is why I chose to join the mastermind that we're a part of to be surrounded by those individuals. but. I've always wanted something a little different. I have never been one. My performance reviews were always tough because it was hard for me to genuinely tell them what I saw as my career at that organization. And mainly because I just don't have a desire to climb a corporate ladder or be head of a, a large company. And I think a lot of it also comes down to I am really passionate about travel 
And ultimately, I just wanted an ability to, to do that more and not be tied down by a couple of weeks here and there for time off with your regular job. But really, it only just started coming out recently when I was on maternity leave with my daughter. And I have a son who is in daycare and I hate it. I hate them being taken care of by other people that I don't really know. And this rush in the morning, this rush in the evenings, just so I can be present for a job that isn't really fulfilling or yes, it I make a, a great salary, but I don't enjoy it. I don't thrive off of it. And I just know how short life is. And I want to be really present. And you can see people like you listen to podcasts, you hear people talk about this life that they're living in. I know it's possible. I'm a hard worker. I'd like to think I'm fairly intelligent. I know it's possible. And I just got tired of thinking about it and knowing I wanted something different and not doing anything about it. So I actually started, yeah, while I was on maternity leave with my daughter a couple months ago. You know, it's so helpful when you have as tough as those moments are, when you have a moment like that, where you realize like, this is not what I want for my young kids and my family. I want to be around. <laughs> and it's, it is hard. My, my daughter just started daycare three months ago. We moved recently. And one of the big reasons we needed to move was to find daycare. Yeah. And we're okay with it. She goes about six hours a day. She's not doing the full time. Mm. My wife is still able to spend a lot of time with her at home. And I still get to get up with her in the morning and put her to bed at night. Yeah. But I do, as especially now we're about to have twins, it's hard to imagine just three kids going through all these different supervision by other people and you're paying for it too, right? So yeah. a lot of what you're working for is just to pay for these services. It does make you think there's got to be a different way to go about it. Well, and you start to see little things where I don't know who they're spending most of their day with. I don't have a relationship with these individuals and it's, it is hard. Or if my doctor says, or if his doctor says, was he sick because maybe this happened during the day? And I don't know, I have to check in with the people who cared for him all day to see what might've happened at school. And I think as a parent, and I don't know if you feel this way, but especially with my son, I feel like it's a constant reminder with small children how quickly time passes. And I've just never had that before. And having a little kid, it's a daily reminder. And this is coming from someone I wasn't even sure I wanted kids. And now I just am fighting to figure out how do I get my all the time with them that I want, they deserve. So yeah, it's a huge driver for me. The first time we spoke, I think we were on the phone we had 30 minutes scheduled. We ended up talking for a lot longer than it's funny because our mastermind is all about real estate and even businesses and all that. But we ended up talking about parenthood and just we have the commonality of working in the consulting industry. Yep. And but I, we found ourselves focusing on the kind of lifestyle of being a parent and an investor. And I love that. One of the things you described to me, which I would love for you to describe to the audience is this. You have a really beautiful vision for what you want to do. It involves traveling. It involves having that free time. I don't want to... Uh, butcher it by telling the story. So I'm going to like you tell what your vision is for, for your time coming up here. Yeah. So I have different, obviously, levels of the vision, but our short-term goal is I will finish out my W-2 next summer. We're going to rent our house out, hopefully do a midterm rental with it, maybe make some more money than we would for a lot with a long-term rental. And we are going to travel the country with our kids and our dogs, we're packing them all up in an RV and just, yeah, we don't really have a set path yet, but 
we, I just want to, I want that presence with them. I want that time with them and to just explore. And we have such a beautiful country and we have friends and family all over and just to have that quality time with the people who matter most. So that's our shorter term goal. I don't know how long we're going to, we're going to do that. Who knows? We might start it and find that it's horrible and come on back to Denver. I don't think that's going to be what happens, but ultimately it is all around time with our loved ones. And that doesn't even just mean my kids or my husband, but my parents, my siblings, I just feel like we get into this rut and this pattern and I want to break out of that and really cherish what matters most, which is time with people we love. And yeah, that's really our main focus, but I want to have a bigger impact on life. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I know I want to make a, a big impact. And so that's also part of what I'm trying to work through with my vision is finding out what that means for me and for other people. But that's another big reason that I want to do this is I think I just got to shake things up. I don't want to do the nine to fives and live for the weekends or live for the evenings. I just, I don't want to do that anymore. And yeah. my friends and family think I'm a little crazy, but I think they're, they're probably used to it with some of the things I've done. When your friends and family think you're a little crazy, that's why you join a group of uh, other people who, who might understand a little better some of these audacious visions. And so a couple of things there. I love the idea that you are leaving it open, right? You're not saying... My vision is that I'm going to drive to these six parks on this six highways and yeah. you're leaving some space because that's what you're looking for is some space to enjoy time with your family. But what you do know is that the time freedom is something you value. And my understanding is that's why you're pursuing the things you are, right? Because these the business that you currently have, the real estate yep. that you're looking to buy, it's all meant to enable that time freedom and obviously give you some financial flexibility too. Yeah. And so now that you know that you know what you're desiring. It gives you the, it gives you the space to explore and see what do I need to do to get there. Yeah. And so part of the process that I, I've talked about at length is creating an actual vision. Right. And I know you and I had the luxury of going on this beautiful trip to Costa Rica with all other people in our mastermind. You met my wife too, which mm -hmm. is you're one of the, the few people in in that circle that has met my wife. She says hello as well. And we did a lot of kind of dreaming right on that trip we spent time in the weeds talking about tactical stuff but we also spent a lot of time talking about vision and trying to clarify what it is we were all aiming for and one of the gentlemen who presented joe moffitt is a mindset coach and i know his session had a, a huge impact on me and then you told me afterwards you started working with him oh. to clarify your vision so i would love for you to just describe what that process has been like what you were feeling like before you started working with him and how you feel now because I know a lot of people can relate to what you've been going through. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting journey. So I had, I joined the mastermind during maternity leave, knowing that I wanted something different. I wanted something more. And I thought even for some reason that was clarity. And I just, since then, I think that was probably April that I joined. It just, I went through this process of trying to figure out what that meant for me, trying to be constantly here, take action, just pick something and take action. And I would try to go down that path, but it would lead me to, okay, this isn't going to happen fast enough, or this isn't really leading to the time that I want with my family, or, oh, this isn't, I don't find any excitement or motivation in this. And so I just circled. And as someone, I'm very 
I want to take action and I can be an overthinker. I just got frustrated. And we go to Costa Rica, which I know I needed that kick to make some more changes. So went to Costa Rica and it just became really clear. Joe did this exercise of saying, okay, what's your vision? And I just see everyone writing furiously about their 10-year vision. And I'm like, I think I was probably doodling just to make it seem like I was right <laughs> on and I wasn't. And, and then he said, okay, what are your five-year goals? What are your three? What are your one? Like, how, what are you doing tomorrow to hit your vision in 10 years? And it just, I was like, I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you. And I'm very much, if I have a plan, I will execute it. To me, that's the easy part. The hard part is coming up with that vision. And so I knew from that trip, I had to prioritize my vision and invest in myself more to take that coaching and have someone really guide me through and push me and challenge me on what does that vision look like. And it has been a total game changer for me because once you have that clarity with your vision and you write those goals down to achieve that vision, it does just become a roadmap. And all these little pieces start to fall into place that we hear people in our mastermind talk about and it just starts to make sense and click. And even talking to people in our pods, our accountability groups, a few of them have even said, or people in the group that I've talked to, they're like, well, I, maybe I should do mindset coaching because you're so excited and you have this clarity and motivation. You could hear it when I talk. And I think that's really the power of working with Joe on that vision and creating the goals to help. And still very much work in progress. It will always be, but it's nice having that clarity. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's important, A, that you recognize that you could continue to take action. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it would drive some sort of result, right? But until you had the clarity of what exactly you were aiming for, the action doesn't string together towards the, at least not as effectively as if you really know what you're aiming for, right? I believe yeah. the quote Joe said was, if you're not 100% clear, you're 100% unclear. Yeah. And there's some value in that. You can agree or disagree. But I, I, I think when I heard that, it made a lot of sense to me that you really need to know exactly what you're aiming for. And it can change. It can adjust over time as it always will. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about something like a 10-year vision. <laughs> yeah. But if you can create that level of clarity from right now in this moment, it will allow you to calibrate and move in the direction you want to be going. Yeah. And speaking of that word calibrate, I know uh, we were talking for a second before we hit record. You, you and I have both, I know, been working very hard all summer and both on achieving clarity and taking action in general. And you mentioned that you were trying to make some adjustments to your time and your schedule to be more present. I wonder if you could just talk about what, what led you to that decision and what exactly is it that you're doing to take better control of your time? Hey. Uh, it's a constant, I feel like experiment and trying to adjust. And I know it'll, it'll always be like that. But I think one thing that Joe, again, said it in Costa Rica was a lot of people pursue financial freedom, time freedom, but they stop before they get to that mental and emotional freedom. 
And that really stuck with me because I'm not looking to replace one job with another job. And I want to be able to sleep well at night. I want to be able to focus on my kids and be really present with them. And so that really stuck with me, that kind of emotional and mental. And I, it's still very much when it comes to that kind of calibration and and time management, I think that still really factors into it, regardless of where you're at and your journey of finding that financial independence or financial freedom. And it's tough as a parent. And I don't know, do dads get dad guilt? Do you get that? Like probably your wife does. I I definitely, if I think I know what you're talking about, then yes. I just, you should elaborate. Women, especially, there's just so much guilt. I'm not doing everything with my kids. I feel guilty for not really pursuing actively working on my design firm or analyzing those deals. And then if I'm doing those and not prioritizing my kids, I have that guilt there. Or if I'm not self-care, if I'm not my relationship with my husband, I just feel like there's always so much kind of guilt when you have kids and that does impact the time management. And I just feel like balance is something is a term we constantly throw around of, oh, we got to have balance and I want balance in my life. But I just don't think that is a reality. And I'd love if someone does have that great balance that they've consistently had. I want to learn from them because it just is not something I'm having right now. And it is a struggle. So a big focus for me is I've paused a little bit on things. And trying to focus on my time management because my time is really limited between working a full-time job, being a parent. My daughter is also home full-time with my husband and I while we try to work, which is a different set of challenges, trying to schedule meetings and work during her nap times. There's only a few hours in the day where I can be productive and I haven't nailed that time management of it yet. And I'm, I'm experimenting and testing what that's like for me. I don't have it figured out just yet. But I think that's okay. We we see these people who are 20 years, 10 years down their path, and they seem like they have everything figured out. But it's not a straight line. And I just try to find comfort in that knowing this is the hard part, and it'll be worth it. But my kids always need to be my priority. And that's what I constantly try to come back to is even through this journey of trying to have more time with them trying to be more present with them. I can't let that work take away from the time I have with them now. I feel like we have this like goal that we set and oh, once we get to that, it'll be different. But it's really important to remember now is the important times. And I don't want to lose sight of that by trying to achieve these big goals. I can't even begin to tell you how much I can relate because there's a constant tug of war Mm. in our household where we were talking about daycare, right? Yeah. One of the We've been very blessed to have the opportunity that my wife has been able to stay home with our daughter who just turned two. My wife works part-time now, but she was able to take almost a year off completely. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen, right? Is that she got to be home with our daughter and spend so much quality time, raise her, play with her, watch her develop. And for me, that was so fulfilling. We were lucky that essentially we had at least some income from our real estate, I had enough W-2 income and we had a, a low enough cost of living that we were able to afford it. Mm. That equation changes, right? When we found out we were having twins, mm. it set off a whole new, it was such a big disruption in so many ways, all the right ways, right? Like you want a healthy, happy family and we're beyond excited to meet the little guys. We had to make so many changes come to the conclusion and realization that what my wife had with my daughter 
will be very hard, if not impossible, to replicate with two more kids. Now we have a two-year-old daughter. She's got her own stuff going on. She's in care. So yeah, the tug of war, when you talked about the guilt, it's like sometimes I feel the guilt of, okay, I need to go figure out how to make as much money as possible so that I can keep my wife from having to go back to work. Yeah. That's my in internal feeling. Yeah. And the other side of the coin is, okay, you're going to burn yourself up. Yeah. If you do that and you're not going to be present and there's all sorts of risks associated with that. And it's going to be really hard to pull that off. You talk about, you, you said that when you have a clear plan, you're good at executing. I'm the same way. I'm good at executing. But if my plan is such that I need 16 hours a day to execute it, and I have 20 minutes of margin of error for <laughs> whatever may come up, that's a plan that's destined to fail. That's something I've been grappling with a lot recently because I do have that in a sense of trying to do it all. Yeah. And so the refactoring, recalibrating that you mentioned, like that's something I'm going to be working through here too. I'm also very lucky that I'm going to get to take 14 weeks off Mate. when the twins come here. And that should give us that time and space to at least figure out what life looks like. Yeah. But anyway, yes, yeah, so I, I can totally relate with that. And, and I applaud you for recognizing and giving yourself a longer timeline, a little more patience. I think people like us, it's hard to turn that feeling off of, okay, if I'm not working towards my goals, then I'm not doing anything. Yeah. It's just not true. We were talking about it before we even started recording, but just... I feel good. And because I had a productive day, I nailed that time management, but that's not every day. And I'm also working on being okay with that because sometimes you're just not going to have that productive day and that's totally fine. Um, but one thing I think that's also really important with your vision is constantly, I now use it as almost a filter for how we are constructing some of our life. So I have a business coach for my design firm and that's been incredible. I feel like I have so many coaches and, and mentors and uh, groups right now because I'm really trying to make the best out of this time and accelerate my hopefully success. But we are working through the services that we deliver with that firm. And my business partners and I have had tough conversations recently of where our capacity is not allowing us to maybe go down the path that we originally wanted. But what's great is we are constantly coming back and I'm driving a lot of it. So it's coming back to my vision and saying, hey, I actually don't want that for my life. That does not fit into my vision. It, it That would take me away from time with my kids. So I'm not going to go down that path. And it's really nice having that confidence and saying, no, I'm not going to do that because it's not matching the life that I want to design for our family. It's hard to say those things, but I think ultimately we'll be more successful because of that and getting really narrow and clear on what it is that we want to do. And so that's applying with how I'm approaching the model I want to apply to our hotels. It's I'm using that same approach to the design firm. I'm creating this like all-encompassing goal and saying, no, that's not working and building around the vision that I've set. Yeah, no, that's so smart. I feel the same way about, so I, I do, I have, I've done the vivid vision, the three-year vision, and I even put mine out there publicly, which was really, really difficult for me to do. I'm doing that, like you said. Ability to create your goals, by the way. I read your vision and you, it was so great. I was super overwhelmed seeing how well you laid it out because I'm like, whoa, I am way off on my kind of the metrics and goals you have. You've got a great vision. And then I have the inverse compliment for you where I feel like I focused on my financial metrics and not enough on the definition of the quality of my life and the way I feel and all that. Yeah. For those who don't know, Vivid Vision, the idea is that you write 
you pick a moment, essentially three years from the day you write it, you describe your kind of perfect day, your environment, what are you doing? Who are you with? How do you feel? What's your health like? Where are you working? Who are you working with? Mm -hmm. If you run a business, like what is the culture of that business? Like all these very vivid details. And it is quite an exercise. And it's not something you can just sit down with a pencil and hammer out. Like you got to put some thought into it. Yeah. And so, yeah, then the next level is like putting it out there in the world. There's some thought that by putting it out there and getting other people to see it, people help buy in and help you achieve it. And especially if you write something from a place of good intention. And in your case, and in my case, we're, we're doing this because of what the life we want to build for our families. Mm -hmm. And I think when people see, you mentioned philanthropy, I want to talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, like beyond just the insulated life for our family, right? There, then it turns into wanting to give back and make an impact and having these, this broader yeah, meaning for the time we have on this planet. And so when you do a vivid vision, you start thinking on that level instead of, hey, I want to make $100,000 next year. Yeah. But then once you have that clarity and you say, hey, like, this is meaningful to me, this is the life I want to live, then you can build the plan to get there. And that's why I was saying earlier, your plan of, hey, we want to hit the road. We want to have nobody to answer to for our time. And I don't really care where it is we go as long as we have that time together. Yeah. Like that to me is just as clear as my revenue projections for my coaching business that was in my vision. Yeah. So it's a different type of clear. Yeah. And it's, I just think it, it, if anyone is confused about what path they should take, I, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching because it's only irritating, but do the vision exercise and get really detailed. Our coach even had us sit down and say, what, how many stories are in the house that we live in 10 years? Like where, which state, which town? So it's, it's really specific and knowing that you're not necessarily going to end up being that, but just putting it out there. And he, I'm very type A, like I have to have everything lined out and it needs to make sense. Or I just really struggle with it. And I was talking to him and he said, how do I go from this really big dream to these actual goals? And he said, that's the point, dream big, but have a practical, realistic plan for achieving it. So yeah, I just, I highly encourage people who seem lost or they don't feel like it's really clicking to do that vivid vision exercise and prioritize that. And that hopefully clears up a lot, but it's true when you start sharing it, because now I, before I almost felt embarrassed by sharing because I didn't really have anything to share and, or what I was trying to achieve. Now I talk to everybody about it. My boss's boss knows that I want to buy a hotel and that I might sound crazy, but even she knows I'm leaving work. And I, this is my plan is to go in an RV and buy a hotel. So I tell everybody about it now. And even at the beginning of this journey, we've already had deals brought to us to analyze and see if it's a fit within our buy box. And I've just been connected with a lot of people who own hotels, motels. And and so it is really important to share and it people will remember and they'll come back to you on it. Absolutely. And that's a perfect segue into, okay, you're going to have to explain how did you end up with the boutique hotel as part of your roadmap instead of single family homes or the standard kind of straight ahead real estate investing. How'd you get there? I feel like my journey is very circular in motion. And I do like when I think about it, because it, it's actually stuff that I've thought about for a long time, but I just didn't have the community or 
the confidence to pursue it. I love travel. It's one of the things I'm most passionate about. And I have these experiences where I still remember them very clearly to this day. And it's because something made an impact on me with that accommodation or that experience. And a while back, probably like six or seven years ago, my friend and I, who we on the design firm together, we went and stayed at this motel that had been transformed into this really cute boutique. They ran it like an Airbnb. So there wasn't really any staff on site. You just got your key code, got into your room. And we kept saying, oh, we're, this is exactly what we want. We want to own one of these one day. We're going to have a design firm that designs them. And fast forward a few years, we have a design firm that designs those. We focus on, our focus is really experiential hospitality. So we do the interior design, but also focus on the experience. And our clientele are boutique hotel owners. We've done tiny houses. We're currently in the process of designing for luxury tree houses for a client, which is so fun. And I never really thought that was going to be something that I said in my life. I can't design anything. I'm sure you can see my background. So I'm not a designer. That's my business partner. But And then it again came full circle that I was told because of my higher salary that I would need to own a business in order to start chipping away at that if I didn't want to have my job. And I just thought, oh, I cannot, I don't see myself as a business owner. And here I am. I want to buy a hotel. The differentiator with a lot of the boutique hotels and motels is the design of it. And I happen to own a firm that does just that. So it's just a great complementary service to it. Or like the, where you build the business, buy the businesses or create the businesses that support. Yeah. Ah. Integration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we want to take an approach where it's a really light touch hospitality. And thankfully, COVID has made that way more the norm where we can run it more like an Airbnb. And I knew that was something I wanted to do. So I was able to find a mentor who has one that he does something very similar. And so that's he's helping because, again, coming back to my vision, especially hotels and motels, they're a living organism. There's a lot that's happening and there is a way to make it where it's that lighter touch. So that's where I feel like I, you know, I get to these points where I think back of this journey and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been talking about this actually for a long time. And it just took me this long to get here or to go through that process myself to get here. So I feel like my journey is very circular. I had a coaching call with another real estate investor recently. And he was talking about the concept of their scale, which is the volume of deals, houses, units, mm-hmm. and then there's magnitude. And magnitude is the size of the deal, the size, of the whether it's a big multifamily property or a hotel or a self-storage facility or a portfolio of homes. Mm-hmm. You can tinker with those levers quite a bit. Your strategy can adapt accordingly. You could argue that 15 single family homes with different roofs, different appliances, and water heaters, structures could have potentially more risk and more overhead maintenance mm-hmm. than taking down one deal with high magnitude, right? Like a hotel where you're still going to have problems and there's still some scale involved with it, right? But it's one, one organism, like you said. Yep. And when he said that, it got me thinking, right? I've never been one to say, oh, I want a thousand units. Right? Kind, of, kind of drives me nuts when people talk like that. But I do understand the concept of, okay, like maybe if you get very tactical, 
and try and target a higher magnitude deal, you can accomplish most of your goals, if not all of them, in a fewer amount of deals. When you talk about being a business owner and leveraging these skills from your design firm and leveraging the business itself, yeah. that makes a whole lot of sense and probably more sense, at least for you in this moment, than going to buy a bunch of single family homes. Yeah. And my, my goal is I want to have a really hands-on approach because I intend to, to keep buying hotels. And for right now, my goal is to take more of a light touch approach, either minimal staff or maybe I have a, a partner that runs the day-to-day -day operations if it's a bigger hotel that we buy. But ultimately, my goal is to be more active in my business once my kids are in school. But right now, while they're little and not in school, that's why I'm taking that approach to that model. My bigger goal is to be a lot more hands-on. And I just want to create really cool experiences for people where they look back and it's a memory that they just don't forget. And it really made an impact on their lives. I love it. It's just, it's one of the strongest whys you can have, right? And it's good that you've come to recognize that. What's the most interesting thing when I talk to you is that you already started knowing putting your family at the center of your life was the most important thing to you. And that's where you are now. Yeah. But you've created a whole journey and a vision in between that's now giving you direction on what to pursue and where to spend your time. And like you said, if you're paring back the amount of time you're spending pursuing these things, which I think is totally reasonable, now that when you have an hour to dedicate towards business development and pursuing your goals, you know what to focus on. You're not just going to like randomly start leaping through courses and YouTube videos. Like you're going to do something specific. Yep. And knowing you and your consulting mind, you have a plan. And you'll chip away at it and you'll create a work back plan and, and, and find a way to find a way to get there uh, one, one step at a time. Uh, and so I really have enjoyed, we, we've only known each other for a few months, but just watching the transformation in this short amount of time. Thank you. And I have no doubt whatsoever that you were going to achieve your goals probably sooner than you would have thought when you started and joined the group in the first place. Thank you. I appreciate that. You you have a free place to stay with your family at any of my hotels. <laughs> We're going to need a bunch of rooms, right? Because we have the we have a bunch of kids, families growing. We bought a minivan the other day. That was the big symbolic. Oh, how'd that it was a whole psychological reconciliation. My wife definitely cried a little bit. She's going to get mad at me for saying that. But the minivan, it was a symbolic moment in our family's life. It was a turning point, if you will. It's like the visual representation of what's going to come because you don't really have that. We actually, when I first was pregnant with my daughter, there was a, a period of time where they thought twins might be or multiples might be happening and that did not. But yeah, I, I immediately thought about what kind of car are we going to drive for our, all of our children? Well, I get it. It's crazy what kind of practicalities rush through your head. Like I was describing earlier, when we found out we were having twins, it set off entire unbelievable domino effect. We moved across the country and we sold a house. We bought a house. We did quite a few things. We ended up joining the mastermind, right? I ended up starting to pursue these different lines of business to create new income streams. I launched a coaching business. All of that is tied back to the moment that we discovered we were having twins. Yeah. But then those are the big magnitude events. But then I started thinking about the minutiae, right? Like all these day-to-day -day things. Since we want to be within walking distance of a park. Yeah. We want to minimize the amount of times that we have to load our kids into and out of a vehicle. Yeah. 
we need daycares within a couple of miles of us. Like it's uh it's amazing some of the adjustments you make to your life to account for that lifestyle that you want to live with your kids. And and it's hard for people to relate to, right? Like we sacrifice quite a bit. Yeah. We left family that we were very close to. We have family here that we're very close to as well, but it was a difficult decision. We left a ton of nature. We we made a lot of sacrifices to be here. And not everyone's going to understand that. But I think that's that's what makes the, having a family so beautiful is that you make decisions for you and your family that you know are right for you and your family. Yeah. And nobody else really should question that because you would know best. That's, I think, bringing it full circle. That's what your vision's all about. I know that's what my vision's all about. And thankfully, most of my family and friends, when we tell them, especially that we're going to leave our beautiful home, huge backyard to be in an RV with our two very small children and our dogs think that we are crazy. And half of them are like, I could not do that. that does not sound appealing to me, but we see that for you. And that makes sense. And, and I think some of the beauty is if it doesn't work, you do something different. When at as long as you have that strong foundation and that core, I have a beautiful family. That's all that matters. And whatever happens from that, as long as a core, we're good, everything else is fine. And I just feel like the biggest challenges you have in life always end up, and this is cliche, and I know everyone says this, but those for me have also been the most beautiful things come out of that. Maybe not right away, but it's good. It leads to good things. And yeah, I just, that's some of the leaps that, we're about to take, especially leaving a job um, that has a lot of security because I, I do make a high salary. I have great bonuses. I get stock. I get all those things, but I'm about to lose all of that. And that's really scary, but I've done it a few times before and it always turns out way better than I could have imagined. So we're just going to go with it and be grateful for every day that we have together because you just never know. We underestimate our ability to adapt. Mm. People feel so married to whatever they're doing in their current life, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Even people that are in jobs that they hate, they are afraid to leave because they don't know what's on the other side. And that's not judging, right? I totally understand. I understand the resistance to change yep. because we become comfortable in the environments where, but I agree with you. Some of the most significant positive movements in my life have come from periods of great disruption. Mm. They've come moments of tragedy. Yeah. Those are also moments of inspiration. And I love it. And I think that's a great place to to leave this. I've loved this whole conversation. Yeah. And I'm definitely gonna have you back on here, hopefully soon, to talk about your new hotel that you're gonna have here. Talk about its opening and its launch and have everyone come and stay. I will say I our design firm, I'm gonna document that journey on our Instagram page. We're just Again, I'm not very good with social media, but trying to put myself out there. So I'm going to start documenting that process from buying a hotel, designing it, getting it up and running. You, you parlayed right into my last point, which is where can people find you? Where can people follow you on this journey? And how would you like them to stay in touch with you? Yeah, I think probably the, the best place is you can always follow me on my personal Instagram, but all you're going to see are pictures of my kids and dogs, which are great, but I would probably recommend our design firm, which is DLive. It's D-L-I-V underscore design. Beautiful. I will link all that in the show notes. Cool. And I know I'm excited to follow you on your journey. I know some of my uh, audience will be really inspired by this story. I love talking about family. It's so important to me. And I think it's 
there's a lot of people that would love to hear just that that human element of the investing journey. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, we're going to reach our goals. We're going to live that life that we've dreamed of and designed. I'm pumped. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. You know it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Have a good night. See you.